This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now, up to bat, Brett Boone. Uh, You mentioned Athens. 2004. I got to play on a, on not an it wasn't an Olympic year, but 1989 with the USA team, and, and I was a part of that. We went around and, and uh, we played a lot of games. I got to go to Cuba; it was pretty cool. But I was wearing the USA uniform for the first time. Um, Athens, 2004. You guys win the gold medal. Uh, what was it like playing for Team USA at that point in your in your career? Probably the biggest professional or not professional i'm sorry biggest sports moment was probably winning the college world series now it's a different ball game you're playing for your country you end up winning the gold i'll get to that in a second but just represent your country how was that oh it was a dream a dream like literally i dreamed i remember watching when i was i think four years old and the olympics were in la and mary lou retton won a gold medal for gymnastics and that like I'll never forget watching her and just the emotion and the pride and all of it, man, it was so beautiful. And so then to be able to put that USA jersey on was a complete dream. And then let alone to do it with women that I looked up to, Lisa Fernandez, I I was in her autograph line. I was a bat girl for UCLA one weekend and I got to be, you know, her bat girl. And now like we're sharing a dugout competing for, a gold medal together. Uh, what a dream it was to be around just that group of women um, and to train with them and to learn from them, let alone represent the U.S. But yes, you go from, yeah, representing your college is cool. And then it's like, oh, shoot, like this is this is your country. This is this is the real deal. And I remember coach took us down to Camp Pendleton um, <laughs> to train with the Navy SEALs. And we had no idea what we were doing. And he unloads us and here we are at Camp Pendleton, like, what's up coach, what's happening here? And literally we spent the day training with Navy SEALs and like, man, talk about pressure. Like, yes, USA softball, nothing but gold, 96, 2000, they took the gold and here we are trying to, you know, three-peat and go back and 
you know, we're training eight hours a day pretty much uh, for this gold medal, touring the whole year prior to, and then um, you're standing next to a Navy SEAL and you're like, this is not real pressure, like this is nothing. And so just what a reality check that was for us. It was like, and then I think too, traveling around, playing on other USA teams, um, obviously not the Olympic team until 2004, but just meeting military uh, men and women all over the world and just how grateful they are to see us. And then to see the sacrifices that they've made and just think that, man, you get to, you get to represent that in a small way. And what, what a cool honor that is. Uh, Mike Andreas, he's your coach you're referring to, correct? Yes. We, we, I had him on about a year ago and we talked about his journey through all that and uh, really good guy, cool guy. I know when you guys won the gold medal, I know his wife had passed away right around that time. Take me through. It's one thing. It's one thing to represent your country. Another thing to win the gold medal. But I, I'd have to think I've never been on the podium. I've never won a gold medal. But I'd have to think that when that national anthem's being played, that medal ceremony, you remember that at all? You remember? And and coach is right there with you. And like I said, he had. I think he had gone through a pretty horrific tragedy at that time with his wife. What did that mean to you? Do you remember? Take me back to that podium and what you're thinking. Yeah, um, it was so actually we we're on our last tour stop and that's where she f fell uh, to the ground with a brain aneurysm and literally within 24 hours was gone. And so you, you go from, you know, training for this gold medal, your whole life is revolving around it. Here we are. And then it's like, boom, like this, this means nothing. You know, any of us could be gone just like that. And just um, so it was extremely, extremely difficult. And I played at University of Arizona where he coached. And so his son came in as a freshman with me and we were, you know, best friends. And so it wasn't just, you know, losing coach's wife, but it was like, you know, a second mom to all of us. And Michael being one of my best friends, his son, it was, it was just, man, the strength that he had to be there and to come and meet us and lead us there, um, was everything. And we knew that that's where Sue would want him to be at, but I just remember, you know, the flag raising up and I remember watching that moment and hearing about that moment from Lisa Fernandez, Dot Richardson, you know, Leo Brian Amico and Laura Bergen, the past Olympians, and they shared what it felt like. And I just remember like, I couldn't find my parents fast enough. And just to think about how many people allowed you to be standing there in that moment. And um, so many sacrifices, like, yeah, we made sacrifices, but there were so many people around us that had made sacrifices for us to get there. And then for me too, it was just like, man, I don't know. It was like the Lord spoke to me in that moment and was like, this gold medal is just going to, it's going to tarnish one day. Like it isn't everything. And so it was a cool moment for me because it was full circle too of like, man, losing coach's wife, you just realize like, yeah, this was and meant so much to me. And this was my lifetime goal. But um, just like that, we can be gone in an instant. 2008, you go to Beijing. I, I don't know if I read this right. There was a quote that you said you were very disappointed that you won the silver medal. Yeah, I mean, and, and not to say the least. That was horrible. Oh, horrible! Horrible winning the like silver I, medal. Yes, and when you say like she won the silver medal, it's like no, we lost the gold. You know. Um, <laughs> But I think, again, like you said, you don't, I mean, I think I appreciated it for sure. But man, coming up short, you appreciate that gold medal that much more. And I just remember a coach gathered us in and 
Um, he said, you need to be proud of who you are, what you've done. And most importantly, life's going to hand you a lot harder things than a silver medal. And I'll never forget that because isn't that the truth? As hard as it is. And it's still not easy to look at. And, you know, it's near, not near as pretty as the gold. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I think, too, as a testament too about the world was, you know, creeping up on us and Japan was there. And I think like people like just assumed how much how good we were and oh, we dominated and the world wasn't anywhere near like no like we we were in 2004 you know japan australia any of them could have you know those are all close games and so um just realizing like our sports catching on in the world is creeping up to us as well what do you think your biggest contribution to women's softball has been hmm you've done a lot yeah, I think just growing the game and, man, maybe, I don't know, showcasing what, what the game's about and what what we can do. And I remember, you know, like our off days of um, being on the Olympic team, like we were supposed to rest like four days. But here I got the opportunity to be on David Letterman and, you know, do these things that women have never had the opportunity to do, especially in our game of softball. And so I kind of felt or I did feel obligated. I'm like, I have to do this because man, like I'm being able to bring attention to our sport and showcase what we do. And so it was, um, it was incredible. And just trying to capitalize on it and use it for the next generation and open doors um, for the next generation. And I think just fight stereotypes, you know, you feel like, Oh, softball had this, you know, kind of stereotype about our athletes, our players, and just know like, man, anybody can do anything. And, all shapes and sizes you can look any different way um and still be you and still be great at whatever you do if we go back and nil has been big now in in college sports could you imagine when you came on the scene what you could have done with nil how much would jenny finch have made back then i don't know i it's just <laughs> crazy it is so crazy man <laughs> And I just, I can't imagine, I mean, it was, there were times where, man, just females can be catty and you're trying to play on a team sport. And I always try to bring, you know, the attention to my teammates as well and share the limelight and all of that. But like, I can't imagine now trying to balance just that on a team in a team atmosphere. And, you know, she's going here and she's getting paid this and that and then, and, you know, are you still putting the game first? Are you putting you first? And man, I mean, I think it's, 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 it's incredible. But at the same time, I feel like, I don't know, there's a lot's been tainted from it too. And I feel like college sports was like the one pure thing that people held on to and loved. And now I feel like it's lost in a way, but at the same time, you know, these athletes do deserve, um, to be compensation. You know, no, absolutely. no, I, I agree with you. And and I think it's been such a long standing debate. It's like, what mm -hmm. do you do? And I and you know, I went to USC and I went over to the Coliseum like a college student every weekend and watched the Trojans play. And I watched the Coliseum pack eighty-five thousand people into it. And, and in my generation, it was Rodney Pete and it was Todd Marinovich. Uh later to come was Leinert and Reggie Bush. And I would sit around and I think the amount of money this 
institution is making because of these athletes. And we get our stipends. You know, I when I went to college, it was a full it was a full scholarship and I got a little check, you know, for food. My room and board was paid for. And that's all great. And I'm not saying but but I'm sitting there and I'm watching USC win the Rose Bowl. And I'm going, could you imagine the amount of money they're producing for this college? for the game in general, I'm thinking there's got to be a way, I'm not saying pay them millions of dollars, but make it so they have a comfortable, if they're contributing that much of the bottom line, but I don't think there's any perfect formula. Like you said, the NIL, it'd be great. It would be great for Jenny Finch. She's going to make a lot of money. But like you said, you're looking at your teammates, you're trying to bring them into the mix. And is there that cattiness? Does it get to a point where it affects your team? I think about that being the quarterback, the stud quarterback, going to be the number one pick in the draft. What about that that guy that's hiking him the ball that's not going to get drafted? Is he yes. gonna is he gonna have a you know is he gonna have a problem with it? You would hope not, and you'd spread it around as much as as much as you can. But but obviously, the center's not going to make the nil the nil deal that the quarterback's going to make. So I, I just don't, I don't think there's a perfect system and there's a lot of flaws to it. And I don't know how you work it out. I just don't have a, the perfect answer. Well, and I think you, you mix in the transfer portal with that complete disaster. It's like, you know, wherever the money is, everyone's going to follow. And that's, it's going to, it's done. It's, it's wild. And I mean, I'm in Louisiana. LSU has the top five female athletes. Um, that are you know making or the highest paid female athletes right now, which is great, and and it's crazy too to think that, like, how are we not being able to bridge that into the pros? Like these girls don't want to graduate because it's never going to be this good as it is now, which is right. exciting, but at the same time, like somehow we have to be able to figure out how to take that into the professional leagues and grow it to the next level. Well, I got it. I got it. Uh, I was listening to something. I forget who said it, but I have an answer for the WNBA. Lower the rim. Lower the rim. It'll be more yeah. exciting. Then the girls can dunk like the men, and it'll be it, it'll be more action. That's that's my. I think Charles Barkley said it actually. I thought it was pretty funny. He simply said, I, "Lower the rim." Yeah. He said, "Lower the rim," and I said, "That's a great idea. Why not lower the rim?" Right. Um, you've had a lot of endorsements through the year. You, you've mentioned you got to do a lot of things that that uh like cool things things that everybody doesn't get to do you mentioned letterman you did uh, i think you did family feud um but as far as endorsements how did you decide what you were willing to endorse and and what you just said no because i'm sure you had a ton of offers ton of people coming at you how did you decide yeah so i, I was very kind of and and i have to say like i, I I was blessed to be able to kind of pick and choose and turn down as well if I wanted to. And I was very protective about, I just didn't want to put my name on anything. And I really wanted to believe in it if I did. And, you know, I signed with Mizuno, which very small conservative company, which I had other offers of way bigger brands, but they were willing to, you know, buy into me. And I think, you know, give me the first female line from head to toe, which was really cool. And I'm still, with them today, it's been a what I think a 24 year relationship, which is just a dream. And so I think, you know, sometimes you just have to I don't know, pros and cons, and you know, be able to hopefully make sure that you believe in it because your name is all you have. And you know, if it's watered down or not what you hope to, you know, be a part of something that you wouldn't want to be a part of, like just man, 
it's not worth it. So luckily I had a great team. You know, I would always go back to my parents. I have two older brothers. They helped me too, as far as just kind of picking and choosing and making sure that I was kind of staying true to who I am. And um, my agent, Erin Kane, she's just been in, in just awesome. Um, I first had a baseball agent and then, you know, she was kind of working for him and then she took me over. But um, yeah, just so grateful for our, you know, 20 year relationship as well. Just kind of guiding me down um, that road that as was never walked before. So you're kind of trying to figure it out and make the most, make the most of it and, and do the best with um, the opportunities that you have. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. That is awesome. You're with Mizuno. I was with Mizuno. And, uh, you know, I was with him for about 17 years. I, I walk around. I, I see the game today. You rarely see Mizuno in the United States. It's mm-hmm. rare. I mean, I remember once in a while they'd send me a bad order, but it was even impossible to get a bad order in the big leagues back back in my time. Uh, but I always loved the glove. I remember as a little kid, uh, you know, my dad and Pete Rose were teammates. So when I go to the ballpark, Pete gave me his third base glove when he went over to first. And I remember what it was. It was a GIC 3E. And one of the original big guys in Mizuno, his name was Kirby Bates. And he was like the original guy. And I had this glove. And I was in Little League and I used that glove. And then I got to the to college and Mizuno started sending me, you know, this certain model. Then they changed the model. And I never used from Little League to the day I retired, I used the same uh, Mizuno glove. And yeah. I had a great relationship. They're, they're so good. They and are. I talked to the players today. I said, why does nobody use a Mizuno? It, it, it drives me crazy because it's such a good product and not only just baseball gloves and their bats. It seems like their bats were harder than the other bats, but it's like, they'd make you pine for them, like call and say, pretty please to send you the bats over from Japan. But they're a great, great company, great golf clubs. Yeah, they are. And I think when I think of quality, especially, you know, there's new brands popping up left and right. And like, yes, there's a ton of marketing money, but I feel like when it comes to quality of equipment, they've never, um, you know, they, they've kept their standard high. Yeah, they have. Uh, you did The Apprentice. Who called you to do The Apprentice? And what are you thinking when you get that phone call? And you did get fired. But I, I think everybody fired. pretty much gets fired. All right. Take yes. me through that a little bit. I think I got an email from, you know, somebody within the show and they pitched it and I was thinking, okay, sure. And then I'm thinking, I have, I like the one job I had was a softball player, like no other. I mean, I think I, in college, I like sold burritos for a couple nights, like me and some of my teammates, um, they sold burritos at our, at our stadium and they asked us to come waitress. And so here we were, but other than that, like I had no other job there, you know, I'm so not qualified for this, but um, why not? It'd be a great opportunity. Let's let's do it. And I remember it was in 2008 and it was, they had promised me that I would have time to train and, you know, do all these things. They totally lied. It was like 18 hour days. And we were the first, I think, celebrity version. And so they hadn't done this kind of version yet. So there was a lot of, I think, um, 
uh, obviously things that they had to work through through that first um, show. But it was a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of great people. Trace Atkins, Lennox Lewis. Um, what a trip. Gene Simmons. Um, Mary, uh, who was it? Um, oh, my gosh. I can't think of it now. Uh, Mary. Uh... I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know, but it was it was a great experience. Yes, I got fired. I think Trump said I was too nice, which I think uh, everyone kind of said that it was the nicest firing yet, right? Because he could get a little brutal in the firings, obviously dramatic for TV. But um, I was just thankful that it was a peaceful goodbye and out of the board. And literally, like, I needed to go train. So it was like, I got to get out of here. And I took Casey and my, my son, Ace. He was there with us. And gosh, Casey, like literally, I think we got a car that night. Like we were driving through the night. He's like, getting out of New York City. I'm done. <laughs> did you do Dancing with the Stars too? I did, yes. Now, I couldn't imagine doing that because, you know, when it comes to athletic stuff, I, I think I can kind of do anything. But when it comes to dancing, you know how there's those people in the room that, you know, whether you're at a party, a, a wedding, whatever, it's, there's certain people that just no matter what at all costs don't go on the dance floor. That's me. And then there's, you know, there's my buddies that they really can't dance, but they have no shame and they don't care. Right. And they get out there and they're funny. But the, the dancing, singing, those are two things that it's like, I just can't bring myself to do it. I can't even, I don't know. I can't even be self-deprecating. I feel that stupid. How was that for you? Oh, same. Like, it literally, like my friend, like my friends that know me would be like, yeah, right. There's no way. And I'm thinking the same way, like six foot one, all white girl, like this is not going to be good. And I just remember, um, let alone like, well, I mean, like I wear heels out or whatever, but like to, to dance, let alone, and then to dance in heels, like heck no. But I, it's honestly, if I can do it, you can do it for sure. Because it's you learn a lot. Just like, any, yes, yes. And okay. Especially too, in just the correlation of like, I don't know, my partner would always say like, engage, engage, like tighten your core and like feel, feel that connection from your lower half to your upper half. And, you know, and it was honestly, it was really hard, but I think it was, yes, physically it was hard. My feet were hurting, I had blisters all over. Um, but at the same time, it was like mentally, like just convincing yourself that you can do it and that you belong. And I feel like just that mental toughness and the self doubt and all of those things. And then you get out there and trying to learn and remember the steps and, and all of those things like, man, talk about pressure. That's pressure. Like, yes, when you do your sport, you're prepared, you've done it your whole life, you're ready. But this was so far out of my comfort zone. And so there was a lot of pressure going in, but it was fun. And it was fun to push myself in a, in a different way and um, make myself be completely uncomfortable. Okay. Now. Nice. I'm wondering about next year in Texas is where the game is. I'm thinking about playing. I got to defend the belt. Yes, you have to. Whose team am hopefully, I? Am I going to? Hopefully, we're on the same team. I'm, I was just going to say, do I get to be on Jenny's team? Because I know you're big when it comes to the celebrity softball game. That was my first. And I'll be honest with you, I get a phone call uh, because it's Seattle, and the last time, you know, that's kind of my city. Uh, so I get a, a phone call to play in the celebrity softball game. And they mentioned, you know, I, I say, all right, Jenny Finch is playing. I knew a few of the guys, uh, people playing. But I'll be honest with you, when we're in that room, and for those of you watching or listening to the Boone podcast right now, Jenny and I announced the lineups. It was supposed to be, I think, Felix Hernandez does one, Jenny does the other. But Felix wasn't there. He was doing the Futures game. So I announced the lineups. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm looking around the room. Uh I knew Joel McHale. 
you know, I knew a few of the guys, but I didn't know the YouTubers. I didn't know the singer songwriters that were there. I knew the athletes that were there. And I thought, started thinking to myself, wait a minute, you know, this is all fun and games. It sounded great a couple months ago, but I've actually got to go out in this field and play. And I had no idea what to expect. We go walking across the field right after the Futures game. There's more fans than I thought there was going to be. There's How many fans do you think were there? 20,000? There was a lot. That was a good showing. Very good. Yeah, showing. There, there was a lot. Well, you've done these before. So I, I come walking on the field. Now, the, you know, somebody comes up with a microphone. Brett, what do you think? And I said, well, I think this was a good idea two months ago. And, and now <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I know I'm leading off and, and, Cammy comes up to me, goes, Booney, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I said, I kind of have to hit a homer, don't I? I kind of have to, but I don't know if I'm going to. I have no idea what's going to happen. I haven't swung a bat in years. Uh, so you were nice enough to groove one in. You let me you let me hit a homer. Um, and I went through it. But, you know, after the game and walking around the city the next two days, because we were, as you know, it was a zoo in Seattle, and, and I had a lot of meet and greets that I was doing. And just the fans on the street came up to me and said, Brett, you know, we're at the Futures game, we saw the softball game, and we didn't really know what to expect. But we were, that was really fun, and it was entertaining. And I thought, you know, because we do a lot of things where, where we meet and greet, and yeah, you know, we got to do, we got to shake hands and say hello, and whatever, they are what they are. And I thought that was going to be one of those. I really actually enjoyed myself. And at the end, you know, they gave me the belt. I thought that was really cool. I didn't even know beforehand we were taking pictures with the belt. I didn't even know what I was taking a picture with. Then at the end to get that was cool. But I actually enjoyed my time. I had fun. And uh, a lot of the players that I didn't know, the non-athletes that were there, they were a lot better than I expected them to be. Me too. And that's what I think is the most fun about it. You never know who's going to be kind of like those hidden underrated Gems. Yeah. athletes that just come out and kill it, you know, for sure. Yeah. It's always so fun. And I think the different personalities make it what it is and you never really know what you're getting into going in. Um, but they always, they always are uh, a ton of fun. And I don't think I grooved it in. I think, I think you would have hit anything. I don't think you've lost. I think you could play still, honestly. Well, that was pretty impressive. The show that you put on. I'll tell you. And, and afterwards I was so, I was so sore. That <laughs> night, and I'm thinking, I've only I've only taken four swings. Well, actually, we had BP, so I took a few swings there in BP. But I I limited my time because I know my back, and uh, I can't. I I did. I had a I had a great time. It was a lot of fun, and we were we were cruising. We were whooping you guys. Next thing you know, it's we finished twenty one to nineteen or something like that. Right. So we we almost Close. gave it back at the end. Um, I know you're a baseball fan, and I'll let you go, but uh, you're a Dodger fan. I think if I heard that, am I correct there? I am. Yeah. I grew up a Dodger fan, grew up eating Dodger dogs. My mom had like, we shared season tickets behind third base. And so we would get to go to like every fourth game or something. And there we were, my mom would bring in her little radio, listen to Vince Scully right in front of our, you know, attach it to our seat. And, um, we'd yes, Dodgers all the way. Very cool. Do you, do you follow baseball at all? Are you, are you follow it? Honestly, a little bit, but we're in Louisiana now, and I feel like we're so disconnected. I got three kids, 17, 12, and 10, right. so it's hard enough to know, I mean, what practice schedule I have today after after school <laughs> and what their game schedule is, let alone following baseball. I try. I try, but I don't do a very good job at it. Well, all right, give me a crystal ball. 2023, who wins the World Series this year? Oh, gosh. Jenny, Jenny's predictions. I don't even know. 
Well, say the Dodgers. It'll make I'll make it look. I would good. love the Dodgers. I they are the good. They're good again. They're, they're they're not. You know, they don't have the personnel that they had a year ago, but they're they're tough. They're quietly. They've been so good for so long that people don't pay attention to them. But they're good. They're good. Yeah, the last couple of years has been fun. Yeah. Well, Jenny Finch, I really appreciate you coming on coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Uh, one of the greatest to ever do it, and and you really do a good job in all you do. You know, just I've watched you for years, and I've I've always been an admirer and, and thought, wow, that's a that's a good girl that does a really good job promoting the game. I could tell, uh, you know, get a big heart and and just I think you're great. I think you're great for uh, women's sports in general. But uh, I just want to appreciate uh, tell you that I appreciate you coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully, I'll see you in Texas next year. Yes, and it's for all. Be hot. Yes, it is. And for all you watching or listening to the Boone podcast, I appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.